You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Hemi76, bringing us into episode number 140. Up straight to the point, my name is Chris. Here are my guy, J-Dub. What up, what up, what up? Yo, and today I know we got so much to talk about. The man in Philadelphia, the quarterback, the guy, the franchise, Jalen Hurts, gets paid. We got to talk about the Kings and their chances to knock off the reigning champs. We're going to talk about the dog fight that's now going to the Garden between the Knicks and the Cavs and all the other playoff series. But, Jared, let's start back in Sacramento, the capital of California, where one of the most successful teams in the past decade, the Golden State Warriors, the the core group of Steph and Clay and Draymond, have, have been successful, won four titles, made two other finals appearances. Could we be seeing the end of the run for the team that you know everyone either loved or, or or grew to hate. Yes, definitely the end. Only and it's not the end because of like Warriors lose to the Kings. It's the end because no nobody. I don't think anybody believes Draymond is coming back to the Warriors. Draymond contract extensions coming up like everybody at the end of the season. They made their choice when they chose Poole over him, which is what caused that whole fight controversy thing. They still got to pay Clay too if they decide to re-up Clay because, you know, Clay needs an extension this summer. Like, choices have to be made. And you see they're trying to go for youth while also still keeping their dynamic shooting. Draymond is just a non-factor anymore. His game's good. Like, I honestly think the Warriors' offense doesn't flow at, at the point we've seen without Draymond. So that offense is going to change dramatically when he's gone, but – you just can't pay him for what he's asking for. Like Draymond believes he's what hundred twenty million dollar player. Mm-hmm. He's not. <laughs> he, could, he could say he is, but he's not. He, he might be an eighty million dollar player if if anyone even starts doing that. But we see what happens when you give a guy max dollars. Like let's say for instance in the Eastern Conference, Kyle Lowry got that ninety million dollar bag, and look how that's turned out, right? So that I think the the team's basically going to be at the end of its legs with this series. If they win, then they continue going forward. They'll still be able to play. But right now, they ain't cooked in, they got cooked in Sacramento. Not once, but twice. And he's suspended for the next game with that inadvertent stepping on Sabonis' chest. Well, that's been well, going at well, let me ask you, was it really inadvertent? Because he looked like he did it on purpose. He, he didn't have to stomp on him. But if you grab it, I mean, it's the the reaction I get would probably be around the same way. Because when I play basketball, if you grab me by my leg and try to pull me down, I'm coming at you. Yeah, but... You're just angry at that point in time. I'm, Why are you even doing that? But I'm, not, I'm not arguing whether or not – I'm not arguing the reaction, right? Because you don't you, – unless you've been in that situation, you don't know how you would react. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I think I think like the chest was – I think like, I you know, like, spot he, lucky, he lucky he didn't kick him in the face. You know what I'm saying? because yeah, like, I'm like, he's pulling – like, Sabonis is still pulling him while right. he's trying to run. So it's like, and, again – it's inadvertent, but he definitely. But, but is it what's inadvertent? Because I think what Sabonis did was on purpose, and I think what Draymond did was on purpose. I think it's inadvertent when you fall 
you have the instance where you're, you're going to step on something regardless because you're trying to run and he's underneath you. So you're going to step on It's just when he pulled him down, Draymond tried to sell the pull a little bit more than he needed to, and he stomped on him. All right, well, you know, Draymond's that type of player. We know Here's the thing, though. We Draymond stomped on him and then jumped up in the air and split his legs. Like, what What are you doing? I think he was trying to sell like he didn't mean to step on him, which, again, is like But you've already whatever. stepped on him. Like, that's that just looked dumb to me. It was it, it, a, a, a everybody flops in the NBA. He's trying to sell that, oh man, I didn't mean to step on him because he knew he was about to get in trouble. As soon as he took the stump, felt contact underneath, he said, oh, dang, I'm done. The suspension, would I believe a suspension was warranted? Eh. They'll get, they'll suspend him for anything at this point in time. Like, we but know no, here's my thing I don't think Draymond gets suspended if he just steps on him and keeps the track. No, like, if it, yeah, he, he made it, he made it real obvious that it wasn't. It's not like, bro, if Draymond was really being smart about it, he would have kicked Sabonis in the ribs. He already had, bro, he would have just tripped or over. Or if he stomped, he, you stomp and trip. Like, you, you step yeah, down, like, bro, like, like, yeah, you step down, push down, trip. Like, what some, are you doing? But here, but that's not the that's not the point I'm trying to make, right? You got a repeated history of just being, like, super dirty, like, super yeah. nutty on the court, right? Hold on. He did it earlier. Didn't he do it earlier this year to Brandon Clark from the Met, from the Grizzlies? Uh, like, I don't know if he's gotten an issue. No, he, that's the that one. That was a trip. He did trip, yeah. though, yeah. Right. That one was actually a trip, though. He here's, the thing, here's the thing, right? It's that. It's the Steven Adams John. It's the Bron John in the finals. It's countless other Johns. You you always doing something you mean, extracurricular. Like, you always doing some extra stuff. Draymond... A got suspended for reputation. B he got suspended for all that all that rah rah tr- with the crowd trying to get him riled up, trying to get him. I get that. Up. I was I'm bang with that. Yeah. But but no, you don't do that with the commissioner there. Like you no, like you don't do you out there showing showing the whole world. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna keep relishing in this. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm gonna keep doing this. I don't care about the consequences. I don't care about. What the NBA has probably repeatedly told me, I'm going to keep doing it until somebody step in and tell me I can't. And the league, right there, the league is right. The commissioner, the top bull in the NBA, the top guy is there watching this with his own eyes. Man, he's going to suspend it regardless. Who cares? Who cares? He didn't get the rest of the series. You know I mean? He like, wasn't getting the rest of the series. For the, but here's the, I know that. But here's the thing, bro. You you have that mentality, and I'm I'm not saying that you yeah. he does. If I'm getting suspended, I'm, I'm going on with a bang. I'm a, I'm getting fingers at me. They curse at me, man. I'm going to hide the crowd. I'm like, all right, yeah, keep coming at me. But here's so, the thing, though. But if you got a reputation for being – that person, like, they ain't uh, gonna change in a season. I mean, it's not gonna change, change in the season, but it's gonna cost you a game, and it's a game where your team is down two games in a seven game series. Like, they he probably thought they was gonna win. He probably thought they was gonna win after, after he got ejected. Now, now, if you can argue, so you argue that's a, one of strategic ejections. I mean, like, he, saw he was hyping his team up to get. He was hyping his team up. You got his teammates, assistant coaches laughing, telling him, "Hey, man, listen, rough play." Like. It, it, Instead of a dejected move that you saw the team had when they originally, they originally saw him hyping them up, they stayed in that game more than you would have thought, right? So, yeah, it's a double-edged sword where, all right, it's going to cost him maybe a, a fine or something or suspension, but we knew as soon as you get a flavor two, they're already going to get you for a suspension. They, they're already going to get you regardless of that. So he just did what he had to do to play to the crowd, whatever. 
the issue for this series is even Draymond. Draymond's probably been a crucial factor to this series so far, especially with the defensive end that he's done. The real issue with this series is the guy they just paid, Jordan Poole, is unplayable. Like, he's been unplayable with this series. If he's not scoring, what is he good for? And I'm not saying that he's not. He doesn't bring value. But it's just like in this Warriors system, when you look at the stats that Jordan Poole provides, 20, 20 and a half points off the bench, four and a half, five assists, right? Right. Let's cut those numbers down a little bit. He can still probably score because he'll be a starter on another team, right? He's still probably score maybe a little bit more of the points will, right? But the assist probably drop because of the Warriors system. Yeah, you just got passed to a shooter. They knock that joint down. You're going to have high assist games. Your stats will go up. But his, does he actually bring playmaking value to this team? Because when he's on the court, it doesn't look like he does in certain aspects of it. It's like he's trying to get his shots off. If they're not falling, he's not creating for anybody else, and he's not playing defense, which is becoming an issue for a fast-paced team that the Kings are that are going to push the fast break immediately when you brick that three, right? Right, right. So that's becoming the biggest issue, and they exploit. that's how they're exploiting them because as soon as lineup changes where they're bringing now Wiggins is back as a starter, defense looks better. Gary Payton Jr. was in that closing lineup. They even played Moses Moody, who got more minutes than Poole did in that, in that last game too. That's becoming an issue where this guy's, what, $180 million guy? If I need you to provide me somebody in this playoffs because this is a team that now has the talent to play defense on you, and they also have the offense to come at you in a one-on-one situation where before you could say maybe they didn't, it, it might have been just Fox. No, now they got other guys like Monk that's coming off the bench giving you the one-two. So they just got the Steve Curry got to figure that situation out as a whole. Right, and the, and the part that's kind of getting lost here is Mike Brown knows that team inside and out. Coach Mike Brown, Mike Brown, who is the coach of the year knows that team and how it works and how it wants to function and how to attack weaknesses. He did that before, you know, he was on that staff forever. So you you had this built-in memory of, okay, I know how this works. I know what they're vulnerable, vulnerable to. I know how to make them uncomfortable. This is what I'm going to do. And you have a game plan, and now it just comes down to execution. And Sacramento is executing that game plan to perfection. They're, they're being – very physical. It's a very, very physical series. And you don't really typically see – you would think Golden State is this finesse team, but they're in a physical series. You know, they're they're playing very physical. You're seeing Steph going to the line, uh, driving to the paint a lot more than he – you know, you, you would think of Steph just pulling and jacking threes, which he is, don't get me wrong. But you're seeing a lot more of him having to move around and continue to be crafty and continue to be – um, physical and taking hits that we're not accustomed to him seeing. Draymond, we, we already know. Like we know what he's going to do on the court. But now Sabonis has to has to match that energy, and Fox has to match the same. And they're doing that, and they're they're pulling away because, like you said, Poole's not giving them that consistency off the bench that Malik Monk is. And you have that paired with solid contributions like Trey Lyles had four threes off the bench in Game One. You know, Keegan Murray led the league as far as the rookies go for three pointers made. You know, you have these con- you know these contributions from guys off the bench that you're not. You know, when you're thinking about the Kings, like we we know they're five now, Jared. Before I didn't know they're five. Now, now we know they're five. We know Sabonis. We know Harrison Barnes. Is, you know, Harrison Barnes knows that team as well. So you can't. I mean, you you we may not think of him as the Harrison Barnes as as he was before. But he still has that that mental note of okay, I know how they like to do, I know what they like, I know what they dislike, things like that. So you can't take away the experience that the Kings have in the right places. You know, you have a veteran wing who can contribute uh, 
and you have a coach that knows what he's doing. And I think that that's just made the difference for this team. Think about all the, the bums they had coaching them teams. Like, if you had competent coaching, and they haven't had real competent coaching since Rick Adelman, you know, you have competent coaching, it matters. You can't just, like, talent only takes you so far. Think about all the teams, like, that we say, oh, have, you know, talent. and Like, no, like Brooklyn. Steve Nash could only get that team but so far. They had competent coaching. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. They had a you know what I'm saying? Incredible. But, but you can make, but you can take a, a team that's maybe middle of the pack and you give them a great coach and that team overachieves. See the Sacramento Kings. So, Jared, like, let's transition over to another great coaching job and, and two great coaches that don't really get talked about a lot. I, I know Tibbs has already won coach of the year, but J.B. Bickerstaff, you know, you asked the, the, the common NBA fan, they might not know who J.B. Bickerstaff is. They might remember his pop, Bernie Bickerstaff, who, who was a coach for a long time. But look at this, this Knicks-Cavs series. And, Jared, I think the same thing that we talk about with Warriors-Kings can be talked about with, with Knicks-Cavs to a different, you know, different degree. Physical series, it's going to come down to timely shooting, and you have a coach who's taking two teams that, you know, would you really consider, like, the Knicks the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference? You know, I don't think so. But you have competent coaching and experience in the right places. You get a point guard like a Jalen Brunson who's been to the playoffs, who knows how to lead a team, who knows how to – and by lead a team, I mean, you know, on the floor, set the pace, whatever the case may be. So, Jared, talk to them a little bit about, you know, what you're thinking and what you're saying in that Kings uh, – in that uh, Knicks-Cavs series. Um – it's going to be – I think it's still Cavs in six, to be honest. They won that first game. Yeah, they came off of a game where nobody for the Cavs just could hit a shot, right? And yet the Cavs still kept it close-ish. Like, it, it started to pull away towards the end. But you just think about how they lost – I think the first game was one on one ninety seven. It wasn't like it was a spectacularly great game for R.J. Barrett, who's been abysmal in this series as it is, right? Like, he just doesn't look good. He doesn't look playable either. He's getting seven. He's getting 30-something minutes a game. But. Can I ask you – can I ask a serious question? Why don't R.J. Barrett ever pass the ball? Like, he don't ever – like, he – He does, though. It's, just, it's like, he gets bro, a simple pass. Bro, out he, like, he passed the ball with, like, two seconds left on the shot. Yeah, though. and then like, if they hit the shot, that's his assist. Like, it's just – because he's really trying to do – like, he, he's trying to find his flow in the offense. But at this point, you know R.J. can't shoot. So, they're going to give him the space of the three. Unless his mid-range is falling, he can't drop to the basket because you're really going to try and drive on the twin towers that is Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. It's not happening. Like, thank you for the fact that, yeah, Jalen Brunson going to get you his floaters. He, he knows how to make the defenders jump. RJ doesn't have that in his bag. He, got, he, he has a bag, but he doesn't have that in his bag. So, I don't know. RJ's just having a rough time on the offensive end. He's doing other things when it comes to rebounding and those assists. But, yeah, he, he dribbles a lot more than he should. Garland was the spark plug for game two, right? Mitchell's just been playing like a guy that wants to win this playoff series. Like Mitchell, listen, he I'm not, win. listen, 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 listen. I know we don't usually give out gambling advice, but either one of these two games, you can go ahead and take Mitchell points as high as they'll let you get it, and you take your chances because you know he's gonna have a game in the either guard. that or just take his assist because the first like game you was, know he's gonna have a game in the yeah, guard. Yeah, what eight assists the first game, thirteen now this second game. It's like they're, they're so well, a lot I'm of not questioning like he's oh, he passing. 
And a lot of what a lot of what that comes down to is, you know, you have a team at home. You know, home team usually makes them threes, them uh, them kick out threes. Them shooters always can shoot at home. We'll see how it translates to the road, but you know, superstars go on the road and they don't lose their game. In fact, a lot of superstars go on the road and show off. And I think Mitchell is going to have one of them show off type games. Like you're not going to rely oh, on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going, you're not going to rely on, you're not going to rely on Okoro. You're not going to rely on Osman. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys making these timely shots. Both teams' benches are actually pretty bad. Like, we're, we're not, I'm not saying that the Knicks. I think Knicks bench has a slightly better bench than the Cavs, but both teams' bench is really Knicks, on Knicks bench. Guys. I think is better. Topping quickly. I, I think it's, it's two guys. It's. Grimes is a starter. I mean, they, but he usually it's, plays. It's literally, it's literally quickly, and you can give me Josh Hart. And then on the cast Hart, side. Hart, Toppin. Well, you, don't, you don't think top I mean, Toppin gets a lot of play. He has to. Like, you need somebody to come off the – you need another wing or big wing coming back. You got yeah, but he's not. but he's not horrible. He only – he sees 14 minutes, and I'd rather play yeah, the dude Harnstein over so, I'd so, rather Harnstein. Harnstein – so this the Knicks bench is not as bad as you just made. It's I'll better be than the Cavs bench. That's yeah, the Cavs sure. bench is it's just, just Levert. If we're being honest, if, if, if and, and Levert and Levert to me, I watched that game. I watched it. I watched the game game two because Dean Wade was like, It looked like Levert and RJ Barrett was the same person, just switching jerseys. Like yeah, no, that's Levert's just dribble, 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 dribble. But that's, off, that's who Levert's been his entire career. Levert's a six man ISO bucket getter. That's been him. When he gets to a bucket, oh yeah, he's he's Jamal Crawford. When he's not getting to a bucket, oh yeah, he's Jamal Crawford. Like it's just what they are. Whereas RJ Barrett wasn't supposed to be that. He was remember a de facto facilitator at Duke, mm-hmm. get it to a bucket. First year into the Knicks, you saw a little regression. You're like, okay, he's gotta get his rookie legs under him. Second year, huge development, 20 something points a game. Third year, now with Jim Renton. And that's because now. He can't handle the ball as much as he used to the second year, but you don't want him handling as much of the ball because when he was the second year, yeah, his point production went up, but the dude was averaging, what, five turnovers a game with Alfred Payton then averaging the, another five, too? So it wasn't working out. Like, you needed him to stop having the ball as much as he was But because he's just not a great shooter, it's harder to really find his flow in the offense. I think he'll probably do it at home in Madison. But then again, like, everybody keeps saying the Knicks at home is going to be totally different. Let's, let's be fair. Every A lot of people at the Knicks' home away teams are totally different. Like, the Knicks is like a home team for almost everybody at this point in time because everybody has a great game. Donovan Mitchell, like Christian said, might go for a 40-piece in Madison. It, it's just – it happens because just like they got their friends and family about to play, so do most of the Cavs players. Like, and that's, and that's true. And that comes down to my original point of great coaching, you know. So, make, really, who do you trust more, Thibs or Biggerstaff? That's a question mark for me. That's a uh, – that's a question because they both even they both equal to me in like coaching styles. Thibs still overdoes his players in minutes. Yes, I, I you hear Randall in the press conference say he's the reason why he played that late in the game in a blowout, but huge back injury scare in a dunk attempt, right? Like huge back injury scares. Contact dunk, he was trying to get a finish, fell on his back. That could have been a Giannis play, right? Could have now he could be out of the game, but no, he's still he says he's good, he's healthy. Mine's just still on a bad ankle as is. So it's just like, man. The, where does Thibs go in his rotation? I like Josh Hart as the first man up. Quickly's going to do his thing. Where does Biggest have go in his rotation? Does Rubio see minutes? I know he didn't see minutes in the second game. Do you still try and find a way to play Dean Wade? Because at this point, he, he's unplayable. But where do you go from there as a backup big? Right. 
And that's so, the problem is that was and that was the whole thing with them letting Kevin Love get brought out. Oh yeah, you had to you had to let him walk though. But this was the this was the issue they they were facing is if you can't play Dean Wade, you don't have another backup big. Now yeah, you no are way. you now you're going to stagger Allen and Mobley and have Mobley or Allen run with the bench. Should have signed Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think only Braun wants Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I think only Braun wants Tristan Thompson. God Speaking man. of Braun, Jared, let's talk about Memphis and the Lakers and what you're seeing out of that series. You know, we I don't think anybody saw what happened with game one. They got people out here calling Rui Hashimura Japanese Jordan. No, he was like, I, I, you know, like, I don't, one game. It was only one game, man. Yeah, he, he and Reeves had great playoff debut because those both of their playoff debuts. Man, phenomenal game. Like Reeves looked poised. They were calling Reeves the next LeBron. They were people were talking about man Reeves acting like this in Memphis. Like it, it was a great game. Ja got hurt unfortunately, but I think again, it, this is where you come into the fact where you say, "Yo, Ja's the franchise player. He's the best player in the Memphis Grizzlies," which he is. But it's like his Grizzly team sometimes was vastly better without him on the court, right? Like, you, you think about how their play styles change, knowing that they could do a little bit more without him handling the majority of the ball. I still think they, they would – I think they might win a game or two without him. But with in this series, they have a very better – a very good chance of winning. But the Lakers, if Job misses more than, let's say, one game or two games, oh, man, I think the Lakers take this one. Because especially they, they won the game you're supposed to win in Memphis. You go back home and handle your business – it's it's a it's a totally new series for them because now it's like I thought they were gonna lose game one and then they were gonna win game two. Like that's how most lower seeds handle their like, you know, right. runoffs, right? Right, right. That's not what that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. LeBron and them went out with a bang, and now you're like, oh well, t- you split this series, you go back to LA. Right. So I, I think the Lakers have a very good shot of actually getting out of this first round. Oh, for sure, especially with Morant's injury. You know, you, you don't know how how, hand, how the hand is. Um, yeah, because even if he plays with that injured hand, like, you know, how, 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 much he, well, yeah, how effective will he be? He, he is like, a he is a he is a finish. He is a finisher. He's a slasher. He likes to go to. He's not trying to take jump shots. And then if it, the hand can't have, if if his hand's not good enough, where he can't even hold a basketball like the way they were talking about, he couldn't hold a ball at that. They, they said he couldn't grip a pair of socks. So I'm just like, man. They said it wasn't broken because you know Tyler Hero broke his hand, but oh man, yeah. it's it's something bad. Well, he well, so I've heard I've heard conflicting things. Is it the hand? Because I, I heard it was two fingers. I don't know. I I I, I haven't seen it. I've heard it was. I've heard reports it was two fingers, and now I, I mean I've heard the hand was that was the initial thing, and then they said it was two fingers. So I mean it's either two, way, we're switching hands. Grip but, socks though with two fingers. You got three other fingers to grip some socks. No, no, no. Okay. The the sock thing was for Ja. They said Ja couldn't grip a pair of socks. Oh, you talking about uh, Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero. They say he broke two fingers. Oh well, that's still he still can't play. Like, Either, yeah, that's, that's what I'm season, saying. This season okay. over with. Dang, that's still a tragic way to go out. I mean, listen, it was a hustle play. It was a freak play. I've never seen that. I I've, he, I've never, never seen, seen, it. seen that. So it is what it is. Speaking of things I've never seen, Jerry, I've never seen a Sixers team. I mean, I've seen a Sixers team come out in Game Two after a big Game One and just look flat. But I've never seen a team, a Sixers team, be able to turn it on after the third quarter like that. Nah, Doc's finally actually looked like he's a good coach. Well, we knew Doc was a good coach, but yeah. Did you hold on, hold on? Did you see the speech? Did you see the speech? That wasn't even a speech, man. It was talking gibberish. Said, "Come on, guys, hey, come, on. come on, guys, that come was on, though, like, come on. It's a, it's all in front of. What are we doing here? 
Like, come on, man. Like, that's what is this what he been is this the master plan that's been going on for the past 30 years? I can do that. This is a little COVID. So you're like, what the fuck is you saying to me? Like, you just like, what the hell is going on? But I'm just watching that, friend. This is what we're getting tweeted about. I'm like, what is going on? That's not a that's not a sideline code. Tell what he's saying to me. But then Garcia Cassell is the interpreter, so that's the real that's the real mastermind behind it. <laughs> I got the little drum with the bouncing balls on me. What he talking? Yeah, because I was so like, what is he saying to me? But no, I mean the Sixers look good, but it's not for the the fact that you know I still think they have issues when you're looking at how that office was so flat footed. But coming into that third quarter, they do the offense is flat footed. If, if Embiid is having those double teams, which they're going to parade him with double teams, guys are missing that first half. Hard hasn't been going to the free throw line. You know, that happens. Jogvon was, you know, praying to the refs a little bit. Now the fouls aren't really coming. But Tobias did his thing. As like I said, first game Tobias, second game he actually stepped up too. It's just right now the Sixers are trying to do something that they haven't done in what the past eight, nine years, which is sweep a team in the first round. So this is something they're really trying to do and dominate because they see who they're going to be playing in the next round, which is the Boston Celtics, who are definitely going to be sweeping the Hawks, and they look dominant. Oh, most definitely. You see a real team, a real team not playing with a food like the Sixers do, not messing around. It's not even the Sixers are playing with a food. Thankfully, the Sixers are outmatching the Nets. It's just that Boston, looking at what they're doing. And And like the JV versus the varsity team. It's not even Trey Young's just been so bad. That's who. It's the, that's the again. John Collins is gonna be John Collins. You know what we know what we saw from him. We know who Bogdanovich is. Actually, he's been playing good ball the past two games. But Trey nine for twenty two. What eight for twenty five? The first game. It's so abysmally bad that if we really, if you go back and look at these games, every time they were down like twenty, the comebacks that brought them to eleven or nine were when Trey Young was on the bench, led by DeJounte Murray and Bogdanovich. And as soon as Trey Young came back, it's easy to pick him apart again if he's not hitting his shots. He did a couple layups to bring them within eight, but that was after they going back and forth, tit for tat. They say, oh, Trey's back in? Marcus, go handle, go, go get some, go handle some, go, go put some food in your plate. Because Marcus Smart's taking him one-on-one. You're talking about they're trying to switch him out where every time Jason was trying to get the screen on him, they're like, no, 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 you got to rotate. But it doesn't even matter at this point because I hope he's still shooting a three over his face. Who's um off the bench? Brogdon playing good ball off the bench. Derek White, that Shaq and Charles Barkley basically roasted throughout the end of the TNT uh, game commentary. He's still playing good ball, 24 and a half points in this series. That's phenomenal. Like We're talking about the two superstars that are supposed to be Brown and Tatum. Yeah, he said, yeah, insert me in as well. I can, I can score when I want to. But we see that in the Spurs when he was in the playoffs next to John Murray. He had those moments against the Nuggets. So they have a, a very good team. When they play the Sixers, which is going to happen, it's 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 it's, it's there. It's going to be a series. It's there. We'll talk about that. There's plenty of time for the Sixers. I ain't ready to talk about make, that. It's plenty of time for the Sixers to make me feel worse about them. So I ain't about that. we're we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait and see. We're gonna wait and see. But well, we can see how these teams are coming out. The only series I'm really interested in, like that, I don't know where the output's going to be, is definitely the Lakers, Cavs, and Sun series. I don't know where okay. that's going. I just don't. Okay. So, wh- how many games do you think Suns Clippers goes to? Now, I think it still goes to six. I think it's still Suns and six. So you, you still have Suns and six. I still have Suns and six. So the only me- issue I'm having is, dude, did you know Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker are, are have played 
like 43 minutes a piece in each game. Like, that's crazy. It's the playoffs. It is the playoffs. And I mean, Kawhi played his first 40 point game in the playoffs. And he's now back to back 40 point, 40 minute games. I mean, not 40, but 40 minute games, but dude. Well, Kawhi take. Kawhi take half the year off, so <laughs> he, he rested. He's well rested. Exactly. That's just like, oh man, with his, series... his alleged arthritic knees. Yeah, but I think the series is six. I think last night showcased the Suns' dominance of what they need to do. I understand that the Clippers did what they're supposed to do, and they won one game at that home, right? And I feel like it's really a difference when you win the first game is the home game, like the mm-hmm. first game in the round. I feel like it gives you a swell of confidence, but. They won that game. This is Russ's second time ever doing it, where he shot like three for eight, nine, 18, but he had eleven rebounds, like eight assists, and that's how they won. This is the second, this is the second time he's ever done it in his career. And he's like, man, as long as I win with the intangibles. Well, then he dropped twenty eight in game two, and he lost. So it, it's, the pattern might be, hey, Russ, the, the buckets you don't need. Let's go do something. Let's, let's go get other guys involved. Let's go get these rebounds because you're not winning this series without doing those certain types of things. Like I love the. Matchups that he and Katie going through this is twice now. He's blocked Katie in this series, but I'm I'm watching this Suns team mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant and D Book staggering minutes on the court together. Right. Whatever they're they're going they're hooping like hooping. Here, here's my thing: the Clippers are are so much deeper than the Suns, though. The Suns are very it's tough. Paul George. I think if they had Paul George, no, it's, no. It's, it's but here's, here's the thing. yeah, right, right. But here's the thing, right. The Suns are very top heavy. You have the, the big four up top, Katie, Booker, Paul, Ayton, right? That fifth guy is like Tory Craig. And then you got the rest is just defender you guys. Know, who you got? Chamit, Chamit, Biombo, Wayne Wright. Okigi, Ross. Okogi. Okogi, thank you. Terrence Ross don't even get Terrence Ross is invisible. Have you seen Terrence Ross play? I think he's gotten minutes, right? Exactly. You I'm not sure either. Invisible. He didn't make any impact. But you look at but look at all the guys on the Clippers that's made impacts. Honestly, I don't even think Terry Ross has played. Right. Okay, cool. Look at look at all the guys that have made the impacts for the Clippers though. T Man. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. Yes. Bones Highland. Yes. Mason Plumley. Sometimes. I mean, he. Well, I mean, you're naming guys when you told me you know that you was taking the 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 Suns, uh, not the Suns, the Nuggets bench over the Clippers bench. I was like, are you are you sure? Well, Everybody was telling me that. Now, now you, you, didn't, you didn't say you didn't say who am I taking out of the Clippers bench and the Suns bench because the Suns don't have no bench. All right, it's, <laughs> it's three guys and chairs. All right, it's three guys and chairs. So it's not like it's not like that's a, even a, a, a debate because I'm look just at, like man, but, but there's Suns. Have to rely on that top tier, top four talent to just out outlast Kawhi, and Kawhi's bringing the rest of the guys. Yeah, because I mean, it's just, that's the cost of training for a superstar. That's the cost of your superstar getting hurt. It's just, I think I told I told somebody this the other day. If the Clippers want any shot of really winning, the scoring load has to be one Kawhi, two Norman Powell, then three Russ, then four Eric Gordon. Those got to be your top four scores, right? You could insert Trey Mann in at the five, or maybe you could switch out Gordon with somebody like Trey Mann or something like that. But those top three got to be – Powell needs to be scoring more than Russ, in my personal opinion, for how this series has to play out. Because Russ is supposed to be doing the fast breaks, but he has to really facilitate. We need You need his defense more than you, we thought this series. You really need it. And you're going to need his rebound, and he can't be doing that while still trying to hoist up 23 shots a game. It's just – you got to – something's got to give, right? 
now that you have to actually play him in the fourth quarter. Because before, they weren't playing him in the fourth. No, like, Tyloo wasn't playing him in the fours. Right. Drew Hamlin wasn't playing in the fours in the fourth quarter because it's hard to play him in the fourth knowing that these turnovers might occur. He wasn't so locked in on defense. But now that he is more so this series because you know he's playing KD, you know he's going against D-Book. But you also have to play him because who do you sit him for? Man, man's we we know he's good, but he's not really – I'm not trying to use him the entire fourth quarter. Highland's good, but he's not ready for that type of big momentum either because he's just as turnover-prone as Russ, but he's shambles on defense, whereas Russ is going to still give you the hustle. So th- I think those are the three parameters you have to go with. You're talking about who's got to score me the ball. Right, and I agree with you because if you look at that Clippers, that Clippers outside of Kawhi scoring, it's very evenly distributed. You know, yep. you got Powell. Powell might have twelve, and Gordon might have eight, and Highland might have six, and Pumbley might get you like six or a couple putbacks. You know what I'm saying? But he's giving you six birds off the bat. Like it's very evenly distributed, and then you have like Russ with like fifteen to twenty, typically fifteen to twenty. And then you got Kawhi with like 25 plus. So it's very evenly distributed. The Suns is like his four guys, they got all the points, and like a Kogi might got like six. So that's, that's how it went. That's really that's how, how it, it went. That's how it went in the last game. Now, did I expect Tory Craig to drop 17? No. Then that's no. the issue that the Clippers about to play. But that's, right, the, thing. But that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing with any team that's, you know, top heavy, especially on an offensive team. When them other guys start beating you, you're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. if and for the Suns, like, okay, Kawhi going to get his. But if, right, Norm Powell got like 25 on me, okay, yeah, I'm in for a long night. So, you know, you kind of know where things can shake. You know, feel me? So, I think it's just a matter of what coach makes the adjustment quicker and which team executes better. Like, Ty Lue. I think can beat Monty Williams on the trigger on a lot of game plan stuff. You see a lot yep. of that. You saw a lot of those strategic changes during the game. But if if KD hitting shots, good defense can't beat great offense. Like it's not going to happen, especially in this NBA now. And that's the it's, that's the real testament to where the Clippers could. If I don't, I still think it's something to six. But if this team was to prove me wrong, it's got to be from how Tyloo can actually go deeper in his rotation. Than Monty Williams can. Monty Williams, like Chris, is hard capped. He, he's stuck. Like, there's no reason for me to ever see Darius Baisley play in this in this uh, playoffs, right? Whereas you can give me a hard, legit reason to say, you know what? I can sit Batum and I can throw Roko in because they haven't even touched the court yet. I can go throw Roko in to get a new look in this game three at home because man. Batum hasn't hit his shots, and the defense isn't where we need it to be at the level where we're trying to at least force a couple more misses than we're getting now, right? I can do that. Marquise Morris hasn't played. I don't know if he's coming back, but insert him back in, which I think he comes before Paul George. Oh, man. Like, you you got another three-point shooter that you can kick to the corners to that make it easier because starting Eric Gordon's hurting you a little bit. It is. Just a little bit. It's hurting you. Just, just, yeah. So... Clippers got death. Like, it's death. Yeah, so, so you still got... I got Suns and Six only because Paul George's not playing. Suns and Six. Like, if this was three years is there, ago, four years ago, Russ, okay. I think it would have been a better series, but... Fair. Is there any series that you think are going seven? I think the Heat series goes to seven. Heat Bucks hmm. are going to seven. Only because I don't know if Giannis is... Back injuries are hard to determine. 
have, coming from a car accident, I know what a back injury is like. You're even if you're can walk, it still hurts like crazy. Every, everything hurts. Like everything hurts. So like just thinking about how the fact that running and the way he landed and the way that there's he's doubtful for the game two already. He's, he's, out, he's, he's, out, out, he's out. out for game two then. That means that's how much pain he's still in. Because mm-hmm. if he if it was, if it was just mild pain, he'd be playing. But he's in that much pain where he probably can't even bend or do the thirty things he normally has to do to go through his progressions into playing in the game, right? Right. So you're talking to me about yeah, I think the Bucks are still deeper than the Heat, especially now that they lost Tyler Hero. But Jimmy just win you one. You tell me Jimmy can't win you a couple more? Yes, exactly. he can. Exactly. <laughs> yes, he can. Like exactly. Jimmy can do that for you. Shooters can shoot in. I still think now is the time for Eric Spolster to play Victor Oladipo that people are forgetting is there. Mm-hmm. Bam's got to step up a little bit more. But you Not got really. guys for the Heat that can play good basketball, and they've been to a finals as a unit before. Let's go. They can go win some games with a, against a Giannis list Bucks that the Heat are like, hey, now we got a better shot. Like, but, but you look at, but, but also look at the Heat. The Heat have no offense whatsoever. None. No, Jimmy. Nope, it's just Jimmy. The worst scoring team in the NBA. And the only reason they're here right now is because they're a very good defensive team. You have to be when you score 87 points a game. And that's where Miami is usually at. They're at 87 points because they have no offense outside of Jimmy Butler kind of fading around the elbow in the mid-range game. Bam's going to give you like 10 to 15, you know, You'd be lucky if you get anything more than that. And I can't believe they had that guy slotted just below Joel Embiid at one point in time. Very disrespectful to my MVP. However, you look at a guy like – look at the rest of the team. You know, you have streaky guys. Vincent, Struess. Duncan Robinson doesn't even touch the court anymore. I'll be, inter- I'll be interested to see, though, with Hero's injury, whether or not Duncan Robinson gets some more extra – gets extra possessions. I have the, the choice think between so? Duncan or Victor Oladipo, I think I'm choosing Oladipo. But here's the thing. Robinson can come in and just do what he did before. They got him paid. Come off screens and shoot the ball. If he get hot, who knows? Because they're going to need to have threes. They're going to have to keep up with Milwaukee. I don't like Milwaukee without Giannis still can put up 100 points. They got Middleton. They got Holiday. They got Portis. They got Lopez. They got Carter. They got Crowder. They got pieces. Like let's say for some, for whatever reason Jimmy Butler's out on the court, Miami's not scoring any points. No, hey, like, come on, man, stop it. So you look at like so, like you said, it's very contingent on that back injury. I very I agree with you though. It's very contingent on that back injury because I could easily see the Heat lingering, lingering, and now you look up and you're like, it's oh snap, it's game six. And you know, like Milwaukee's gotta, Milwaukee's gotta try to fight and keep this thing alive, or Miami scrappy and won't die yet. You know what I mean? So I can see it going to seven. Uh, Jared, before we transition over to the the highest quarterback, uh, the highest contract for anybody, regardless of position, for Jalen Hurts. Let's before we talk about that. Is there any series that you think is, you know, like outside of Atlanta and Boston, because you already kind of said you think that's over. Would you be surprised if another series ended in a sweep? And if not, which one would that be for you? The only series I would be surprised ends in the sweep is the Sixers-Nets. If the Sixers sweep the Nets, I'd be surprised because I haven't seen a Sixers sweep in ever. Ever. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Sixers sweep. I would, I would be surprised. I would be more surprised if 
Denver and Minnesota didn't end in a sweep. Yeah, but that should be a, that's a sweep. Like, I think that's a sweep, so I'm not surprised if they. Sweep I would, them. But would you be I, would you be more surprised if Brooklyn won or more surprised if Minnesota won? Because I'd be more surprised if Minnesota won. If Minnesota wins a game, I, if Minnesota wins the games, I'd be more surprised if Minnesota wins a game. I'm not surprised if Brooklyn beats the Sixers in a game. Exactly, because because the Sixers I, never sweep. Like we no, never no, no. sweep. Like we don't do it. Y'all get y'all y'all get on me for for saying that I've seen this movie before, so I'm not about to get hyped over the first round. But Jared say the same thing, and ain't nobody about to disagree with him. Why? Because I still believe we could beat Boston in the semifinals. You don't even believe that. Me knowing that we don't sweep isn't because of the fact that it's not statistically proven. I can name you a 10-year drought going into when we went 0-1. Let me ask you a question. But if I said that, you'd call me a hater. No, no, no. I wouldn't call you. I would say that's an accurate statement. We were going to beat them in five. Because that's what we said earlier. We'd beat them in five. I just thought they were going to win a game against us at our home. And then we just blow them out the rest that's, of the series. That's usually how the six. That's going to be how it goes for us. Like, no, no. You remember the year they played Toronto and lost to Miami? They have a new They have a new remix. Yeah, today. we normally lose to the, they, the new team at home now. I forgot. No, no, they no, lose no, 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 no. We go up 3-0, and then we lose game four. Yeah, there, yeah. So at, at this point, I'm not surprised if we don't finish it off and just, you know, sweep. So hey. that's the more surprising thing to me. If we sweep, if we sweep a team – I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to be shocked. I'll be pleasantly surprised. Because I didn't even but, put Sixers in four in any of my bets. I put Sixers in four. It's kind of like you know how, like, you know the trap is coming. You know the fall is going to come. And you just kind of like, all right, when are you, you going to let me down? This is just – I know it's going downhill. From, I, I I know where this roller coaster go. Damn. But, Jared, let's talk about another roller coaster ride for quarterback Jalen Hurts. Getting the highest paid contract in the NFL. Not all of it guaranteed. But I said repeatedly that the Eagles need to be smart and make Hurts' contract go first, set the table so you're not playing catch up with all these other guys, with like the Burroughs and the and the Josh Allens who's coming up on an extension. Or Justin uh Justin Herbert, or even Dak, who's maybe eligible for an extension soon. Daniel Jones, who just signed an extension, but you know. Two different, two different levels. So, I said the Eagles needed to go ahead and get this contract done first. They did before Burrow, before Josh Allen, before Lamar Jackson, before Herbert. So, you can set the market and you can set the you know you can figure out what the what you're comfortable paying because if you let those other guys set the market, now you paying five to ten million dollars more a year per con, you know, per year in that contract that could be like 50, 60, 70 million dollars more than if you would just set, you know, if you just signed them three weeks ago, for example. So Jerry, what's your thoughts on Hertz's contract and how do you think it plays out for the rest of the quarterbacks who are maybe looking in for a new contract? Man, listen, you can shout out Jill Hertz's agent, black queen that she is because, oh man, Got him a bag, but still was able to negotiate what a hundred. Nicole wins her name. Just want to throw out that I do know her name, Nicole Wynn. She paid, she basically got him what the second highest contract, guaranteed money behind the Sean Watson, 179 million, which is great. He'll be the highest paid quarterback for the next six months because Burrow's contract is coming up soon. And now we see where that trajectory is coming. And then Herbert's money, but Herbert will probably be split between whatever Deshaun, Burrow, and Hurts is going to be. 
So yeah, it's great. Greatest part about this deal is she negotiated a no trade clause for Jalen Hurts, which is like one of the hardest things you could actually acquire in the NFL, right? Like it's, it's hard to, or in any sport, it's hard to acquire a no trade clause. That's what they were able to attain for Jalen Hurts. And then the Eagles, this is a deal where people think, oh yeah, he got paid a crazy amount of money, but the cap hit for the Eagles set them up so swimmingly for the next couple of years to still build around him. What the first year is 6 million cap hit. 2024 is 13 million. 2025 is 21. 2026 is $31 million cap hit. And then by around 2025, you're already negotiating another extension anyway, or you're moving money around to give him more of a guarantee to lower the cap hit. So it's, how he does his thing, as always, how he's a great contract negotiator. He's mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts' agent, phenomenal contract negotiator well because she was able to do what she did for him. It works out so well for both parties involved. I he's agree. locked in. He's only 24, too. Like we're, yeah, we're not, and, we're this, and this was the point that I was making. It was that Hurts is young. Yep. Hurts was, for all intents and purposes, the MVP before the injury. Yep. Which is why I said the Eagles need to go ahead and get them, get this out the way now. Because you can't let Lamar get signed, who has an MVP, who can demand, you know, let's say he still demanded whatever he wants. We don't know what he wants yet. You don't want to be you don't want to be second in that race. You want to set the pace or, and set or the market. third if uh, or third. was to get paid before either Lamar or Hurts was to get paid. Like, exactly. How he's a smart negotiator. You get it done early. We talk. He's been talking about it since literally after Super Bowl. He said we're going to get this done before the draft. Which a lot of us were questioning. Hey, he proved us wrong, or he proved some of you right. It was a great deal because now you go into the draft thinking about where do we really go to improve the team at its finest. Like, how do we get immediate impact? You're not no, you're no longer really looking for a longevity of where I can go in the year or two. No, you're looking for immediate impact that'll still help you while staying young, while also still trying to build somebody that can be an immediate starter that can potentially get you back to a Super Bowl in the next two to three years, if not. The next year, but going back to back, it's severely hard. Like, it's very hard. So, I like the deal a lot. I like what I saw in Jalen Hurts. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in free agency in the NFL draft. Rumors are Buda Baker is now available. He also is quoted on um, different podcasts and in different art- article statements that he likes Nick Sirianni as a head coach or he wants a coaching style like a Nick Sirianni. That doesn't mean that he's coming to the Eagles. I just know that he's naming guys like a Sirianni like a Campbell, like he's naming guys that just have big personalities, but trust the players to get the job done, right? Who knows where, where that's to end up, but this is going to be a very weird draft for the Eagles, Chris, going forward. Because now I don't know what they do with pick 10. Before I was convinced we trade it, I do, I know, I still think we trade pick 10, but I no longer am convinced that's the only option you have. You could actually draft with the pick. But with that being said, Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, please tell a friend and tell a friend to tune in. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so if you listen to listen to us on there, <laughs> easy for me to say, leave us a review. Uh, make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW Hughes. Shout out. To whoever wants to sponsor us, a.k.a. Dr. Pepper, for that strawberries and cream soda. It's delicious. You should try it, Chris. I'm trying to let you know. Uh, you've been telling me. You've been telling me. I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, taking, I'm telling everybody that would have listened. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Don't worry. You ain't drinking during the playoffs. Well, is that the mix to have when you're drinking during the playoffs? <laughs> oh, my Lord. When, when that bet don't hit by one leg. Just... Oh, that's when the shots come in. But if you want to chase it, Listen, hit that Dr. Need, Pepper. You need to let me direct a... Uh, 
a, a FanDuel Dr. Pepper commercial. I have it. I have it real accurate. 